0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. And James here. Last episode, we did IMDb's users' top list of movies 1 through 50 Today we're going to do movies 51 through 100 and continue this list because it was a lot of fun last time. And also we are in Italy right now. How are you enjoying Bologna today? It's been great. So yeah. so fun. Yeah. The pasta was great. Yeah. Thank, we made we actually asking. we built a studio and recorded this episode. Yeah, we're we're, wa- yeah. we're walking around the streets of Bologna right <laughs> it now. It still sounds amazing somehow. Yeah, yeah somehow. <laughs> we pulled it <laughs> off. But you know the, that first 50 was really great. I was really impressed by the list i was happy with it you know i think over the years of imdb being around and all their user ratings and whenever new movies come out they go through the the ringer of a couple months of being rated and kind of find their rightful place on the list like we talked about how no way home at first was in like the top five at like (laughs) 9.6 and then eventually you know it petered out and it it got to where it's it's supposed to be it's around like 84 and it's on this episode which would be fun to talk about it shouldn't be hanging around there forever then Maybe that's there. what I think. Like after a couple of months of a movie being out, yeah. you know, it's it's generally where I'd it's going to be. If it gets two hundred thousand ratings, then you have an accurate idea of you know what's this movie's real rating going to be. And what I love about IMDb's list is because it has so many ratings, it's so much better than uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes for like a major blockbuster or a big movie, it'll use maybe two hundred to two hundred fifty. Critic reviews for mm-hmm. their score and then the audience review score. But the audience review score isn't even that many because you need to have a profile on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that many people have profiles on Sometimes on Rot- it's in the thousands. So yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about IMDb, you get millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millions of reviews from people. And I will take a million reviews. See what that number is compared to 200 critics True. See what I'll that take 2.5 million views, yeah. ratings, and see where we're at with that. I mean, it's much more trustworthy. I mean, it's not even comparable. And it's more accurate of what the people want. What you know, the people want. Giving wants. power back to the people of Rome. I mean, to IMDb. <laughs> this is what you want. This is what the people are voting for. So it's a, it's a democracy of movie it's ratings. A, it's a movie election. Exactly. Yeah, that never and is always going. Number one was Shawshank Redemption. That will probably never be dethroned, I'm sure. And you know, it, I... I would say that most people, when I ask them what their favorite movie is, Shawshank has got to be the most popular pick, I would say, from what I've seen. It's, it's up there, it's for definitely. sure. Very common for, for number one picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's common. Yeah. But at numbers 51 through 100, it's a great list, which we'll get into in a second. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. You get awesome perks like... Our podcast schedule, personalized videos. You have access to every single bonus episode we post every single week. And also, our $10 and $25 tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we interact with every day with our fans and everything on there. We also do watch parties every month, a couple times a month. And also, if you're a $25 Godfather tier patron, get your own custom episode. You pick the movie, you pick the topic, and we cover it for you. It's a blast. It's so fun. We also recently launched our podcast masterclass online course. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or just go to our website, raidersofthelostpodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Leave those five-star reviews, hit the notifications, use our coupon codes, help keep the lights on for the show. Now let's begin our list. Of IMDb's 51 to 100 user rating, greatest movies of all time. And what I like about this list, and I discovered it from the last episode, because I haven't looked at this list, like, really looked at it in a long time. Yeah, like, like looked at it. Actually, like, like, stared at it. Like, Like, stared at it. It's been so long. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. There are a lot of old movies on it, Mm -hmm. which is great. A lot of classics as well as a lot of contemporary films. So you get a wide range of eras and decades on this list which i think is really awesome and we're also diving into more animation a lot of recent animated films some pixar stuff we have uh some marvel movies on here as well as plenty of international films as well get some kubrick we get some nolan getting every genre some anime it's a great list so let's see I, I feel like the next the 50 to 100 has a more eclectic genre set it could be yeah let's find out and it begin could with be. <laughs> with number 51 city lights <laughs> this came out in 1931 has an imd rating of 8.4 this was written and directed by Charlie Chaplin and it's you know another tale of the tramp this time he falls in love with a blind flower girl who mistakes him for a very wealthy man he gets in all kinds of adventures he's trying to round up some money to help her with her procedures and medical bills and stuff like that but it's a classic Charlie Chaplin flick some great boxing sequences that are a lot of fun one of his funniest for sure is and we're just we just love the Tramp character, Anthony. I love the, the one air. when uh, the guy's chasing him around the ring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So funny. That's, I've seen that all it's over the so place. So funny. That's, that's still a funny thing in yeah, pop culture. It's one of too. his best bits. Yeah, because uh, he because he's going up against this huge yeah. guy. He doesn't want to fight him. <laughs> he keeps hiding behind the ref. You're he like he's like <laughs> messing with him at first. He's like, oh, you can't catch me! You can't catch me! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's, he's very funny. It's amazing how he can still to this day, almost hundred years later, his humor still works. I'm surprised that Gold Rush isn't in the top 100. Oh, I mean, you can't put every one of his movies in the top hundred. But I always thought that for me, that's one of his my favorite. Yeah, that's, of his. Your, that's your personal hey, favorite, it's not. The, it's not the people's opinion, though. Yeah, and this is the people's this opinion. Is the people, so you're wrong. I'm wrong. You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. Watch it. <laughs> already dropping f bombs, this kid over here. I'm mean, gonna have a glass of wine. I'm in Bologna. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're eating pasta and <laughs> drinking wine. Apparently, we're lots of vino. recording this in Italy. All right, you next won. up, we have a great Italiano movie, Cinema Cinema Paradiso. Uh, this is an excellent movie made for lovers of movies and film. It celebrates film. It's about this young boy who uh, befriends a projectionist at a cinema, and he teaches him all about the craft of filmmaking and what goes into it, and they recount, he recounts stories about film. It's made for people who love film, the history of it. Uh, the closest thing I've seen to Cinema Paradiso is Scorsese's recent film, Hugo, in which we have a character similar to this one, although that one's a real one, where he teaches the young boy about the history of film and the beginnings of it and how powerful of an art form it is. And this movie's very magical. It's got a beautiful score by Ennio Morricone, the maestro, and it's just a beautiful film. Yeah, we all fall in love, if you're listening with film at some point in your life, and this is kind of like this the catalyst or the turning point in this young boy's life of what leads him to fall in love with film Befriending the projectionists and, and pushing along that path of passion of film and wanting to be a filmmaker. It's really great. Next, at number 53, we have Memento. This came out in 2000, written and directed by Christopher Nolan, based on the short story that his brother Jonathan Nolan wrote. And this was his big directorial debut with a budget. You know, this is Chris Nolan, he got nominated for a screenplay here. His nonlinear storytelling is absolutely brilliant in this. Sc- movie the script is maybe the best he's ever written it's up there for sure i mean we, we won't ever see the howard hughes screenplay he wrote which he said was the best he's ever written but mementos you could argue it's his best piece of writing for sure and the story is sensational it's incredibly intriguing about this man who has short-term memory loss and he's trying to find the killer of his wife and he can only make memories for a couple of minutes then he forgets everything so he's just got all these messages everywhere and it's a great mystery too and he's a very efficient filmmaker, and he proved it with this film, where you have a, a great script, but also very small in scope. You only have a handful of characters, and the leads, Carrie Amos, Guy Pierce, and Joe Pantoliano, those are like the main people you generally see in this movie, so he made it very cheaply, which is how he was so effective with the filmmaking. It's I think it could be his best screenplay, when you look at his catalog of movies, and also... You could rank it as one of his best, for sure. It's so hard to rank his movies. Yeah, if, if someone tells me this is their number one Chris yeah. Nolan movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure, that sounds yeah. cool. It's you... definitely his most creative, you could say. It's unbelievable. I don't know, Interstellar's pretty creative. No, Inception's his most creative no, I think the filmmaking of Memento is still creative. The The reverse storyline, the filmmaking, I don't know. It's pretty interesting because, yeah, yeah. there's one storyline going forwards, one yeah. storyline going backwards. It's, it's really fascinating, and it, it's one of those movies that really does get better on repeat viewing. So we got to do ha- it soon. If you haven't seen Memento, you got to get it on your watch list. Also, is every Chris Nolan movie in the top 100? I don't know if every one of them, but I think a good amount Nearly. of them are. Nearly. Next up, we have Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now which came out in 1979 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb starring Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, and a 17-year-old Lawrence Fishburne. This movie, you could say, is the greatest war film ever made because of the style of it. It's not a traditional war movie. As they're making the film, which we all know was a nightmare production for Coppola, he turned it into like this crazy creative art piece, surrealist, more about the feeling that he created, more than the story and plot. And Marlon Brando is m- so legendary in this role as the Colonel. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's unbelievable. For sure. Same. At number 55, we have Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which used to just be called Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think this is the new official title they go with to keep it all as a big franchise. This came out in 1981, has an 8.4 on IMDb directed by Steven Spielberg, and this was you know, him and George came up with this idea when they were in Hawaii, writing it together, coming up the, with the story together. When uh, Star Wars was coming out in theaters, they went on a little vacation because George Lucas was very insecure they got about, about it. And they came up with the arguably the greatest adventure film of all time. This is peak adventure cinema. It's Indiana Jones' first movie, Harrison Ford. I think it's his most iconic role above even Han Solo for. Him. I'd say so too. And it's it's just we'll never get movies like this again. They're trying to keep rebooting it here and there. We got the soft reboots, but I mean, it's just so iconic in cinema and it's Indiana freaking Jones, man. <laughs> it's epic. And all three are pro- should be I mean, should be on this list. I'm not sure if they are. When you compare Harrison's roles as Indy and as Han Solo, I think that it's undeniable that Indy is the bigger role for him because the Indiana Jones movies, they're Indiana Jones's movies. Han Solo is a supporting character, even if you might like that character better. It's not Han Solo's movies. They're shared movies. They're ensembles. These movies are Harrison Ford's movies and no one else's. Even though he gets Sean Connery in the third one, it's still an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. And they're perfect films. These are <clears throat> the greatest action-adventure films I think ever made. I think that Spielberg and Lucas tapped into this ability to bring an entire audience of all ages together to enjoy one movie, which is so difficult. Yeah, it's a great adventure, mystery, we have a quest of clues, trying to find mysterious ancient treasures. It's everything you want out of an adventure. And the closest thing we've gotten is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. They came pretty close, but nothing is quite like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indeed. Next up, at number 56, we have Django Unchained, which came out in 2012 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. We all know Quentin Tarantino came out with this shocking movie with an amazing cast led by Jamie Foxx. We have Christoph Waltz, Leo DiCaprio, and Sam Jackson. And this movie was stunning. It's a beautiful production as well as some of the best acting of the last last couple of decades, the entire cast. And Christoph Waltz won his second Oscar with this film. I think DiCaprio was absolutely incredible in this role, and Jamie was a perfect leading man in this. Uh, I think that Tarantino winning the best screenplay was much deserved. He should probably win the best screenplay every time he makes a movie, but that's I mean, how he didn't win for Inglorious Bastards. is beyond me. That's another story. Like, he literally should just win every time he writes something. He's only won two. He's won for fiction and and this this for screenplay. It's crazy. never never won for director or anything. And like, if you asked me to rank his screenplays, I would put Inglorious above uh, probably both of those, probably, just because of that opening scene and then the basement scene. But Django Unchained is really terrific. I love the movie. Uh, It's awesome. Moving on to number 57, we have WALL-E. It came out in 2008 coming from Pixar. It has an 8.4 on IMDb. It was directed by Andrew Stanton who also came up with the original story. And WALL-E is an iconic animated film. It's one of my personal favorites from Pixar. It's very creative. It's, you know, it's about this robot who's he's a he's a trash compactor robot and he lives in the distant future where humans have left Earth because they've just trashed the entire planet. and Wally lives amongst impossibly tall skyscraper high lo- piles of trash, and he's still trying to put it all in organized cubes and try to clean the Earth because that's what his programming is, but he also has a very unique personality, and he gets in this adventure. He meets this other robot who's a lot cleaner and shinier. A lady A lady robot, and they get an adventure. There's a villain robot, and it's really just a beautiful movie, somewhat of a um realistic metaphor of what we've been, we're currently doing to the planet and shocking for a possibility of the future of Earth. It's also it could be a sequel to Star Wars with the droids. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> There's a droid in Star Wars A New Hope inside of the where all the other trash droids are that looks exactly like Wally. And yeah, I think you're right. they I think they based the design on Wally off of that droid. We we made a clip about that once, I think. Yeah. Next up we have the Lives of Others. I believe this is a German movie. I might yeah, be it's wrong. one of the best German. German movies that's come okay, out in the century. You. Uh, this one, Best uh, International Film, the year it came out. And this is a movie I watched. It was one of the early international films that I had watched because it winning got me interested in watching it. And it's really terrific. It's about this man... And his job is to spy on people to record their conversations. And so as he's recording this couple, he beca- he begins getting obsessed with their lives and um, finds himself really drawn to them. I, won't, I don't want to spoil it because it has some great twists, but it's really well acted, well crafted. Uh, a beautiful story, very intense. Uh, some espionage in there. I highly recommend it. Next up, we have Sunset Boulevard at number 59. This came out in 1950, has an 8.4 on IMDb this is a classic Hollywood film it was nominated for I think pretty much every single Oscar that a movie could be nominated for it won three I think and it won best screenplay but it had nominations for pretty much everything and it's it's a, a classic Hollywood film it's about an aging silent film star and a silent film queen who doesn't want her stardom to end and so she's trying to have a comeback and she hires a screenwriter to write a movie for her but she soon finds out you know, that, that she's being manipulated for that person's needs, and it's just a great kind of thriller, but also comedic elements as well, and just all-around production is phenomenal. Next up, at number 60, we have Stanley Kubrick's film Paths of Glory, which came out in 1957 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. This is the first collaboration with Stanley and Kirk Douglas before they made Spartacus, and this is a really incredible war film Uh, It's in black and white. It's very intense. The action sequences are very impressive. And also what I love about this movie in particular is that the way that Stanley Kubrick shot the trenches, um, they didn't have Steadicam back then, although he ended up up becoming very famous for using Steadicam. But you can tell the shots he was using, these long takes of moving the camera through the trenches, following Kirk Douglas around, you can tell that he was, like, desperate for uh, something that could do the Steadicam smoothness. And so he was, like, on his way to, like, creating the steady cam and using it in this film. Really terrific movie. And then at number <laughs> back <to> back. 61, <laughs> another Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining was released in 1980, has an 8.4 on IMDb. We all know The Shining based off Stephen King's novel, uh, loosely adapted by Stanley Kubrick, who changed a lot of elements from the book with his film. One of our personal favorites, one of the best horror films ever made, one of the best psychological films ever made. Tells the story of one of the most crazy characters in film history of Jack Torrance, who goes insane while him and his family are looking after look at the Overlook Hotel in the middle of nowhere in the uh, cold areas of the United States. What state is it? I can't remember. Is the state? That's Wyoming or something like that? can't remember. Montana? No, maybe I can't remember. Someone can fact check this on what <clears> state <throat> it is, but it's great. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's my personal favorite Stanley. Oh, and my second favorite Stanley Kubrick film behind 2001: Space Odyssey. Masterpiece in horror. It's gonna live on forever. This is one of the greats for sure. Next up at number sixty-two, we have another Charlie Chaplin movie, The Great Dictator, which came out in 1940 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. This was probably Uh, Charlie's most relevant and politically-driven film where he played and wrote a story depicting a regime similar to the German Nazi regime and as it was growing in power. And this was before the war started, but there were conflicts and there was rising tensions. And so he crafted this character who was basically a spoof of Hitler, and he used that to get the messages across that he wanted to politically. And also has a great ending where he finally gives a speech to the audience... And he makes, like, a human connection to us. It's a really powerful movie. I think it could be his best one. And I'm not sure. Was this the first time that audiences heard Charlie Chaplin speaking a film? I believe so. I think I it was so. the first time. It's speech at the end. Or they saved it for the end. I can't remember. It's, it's an important moment, though, in the film for sure. And then at number 63, we have Witness for the Prosecution. This came out in 1957. It has an 8.4 on IMDb. This was directed by Billy Wilder tells the story of a veteran British barrister who must defend his client in a murder trial that has surprise after surprise. It's a great thriller that leaves you guessing what's going to happen in this mystery. Dun, dun, dun. Some good twists in it, and it's just a classic. I love some good twists. Next up at number Based on uh, Agatha Christie novel. Oh, cool. As well. I didn't know that. Next up at number 64, we have Avengers Infinity War, which came out in 2018 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. I've never Wait. heard of this. What is it? Uh, Barely came out. Barely! Is it, is it, barely. barely! Barely! It's an independent film. It, 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 it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It won the Palme d'Aura can. Ah, that's right. Now <laughs> I remember. Directed by Nicholas Winning Refn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starring Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not mad about this being on this list. Me neither. It's fine. I think this is Marvel's best movie. Yeah, me too. It's their. I think it's their peak. I, don't, I honestly don't think they'll ever do better than this. I, Infinity War is a perfect movie. It's really well written. And the action is perfect, nonstop. The pacing's great. I think it's the best thing they'll ever put on screen. And if you're gonna throw a Marvel movie in the top 100, I will be happy with Infinity War. This is a complex thing that they had achieved here with Infinity War. We all thought Avengers assembling for the first time was a huge deal. Deal. Then Civil War, we thought was a huge deal. But to get all these different storylines, all interconnected, all happening at the same time, throwing like. Characters all over the goddamn universe for this big battle, this war, for part one of the War Infinity War. They just pulled off like what seems like the impossible. Like you know, it's almost like how the hell did they do this? Every time I watch them, like how they pull this off, it's absolutely incredible. Years of planning, decades year, of planning, yeah, decade, a long year. time, centuries, Kevin Feige. centuries of planning. Kevin, Feige. you know what? I think that you know, and directors, Marvel directors, like obviously they deserve a lot of credit, but I really do think that Kevin Feige is the spearhead and captain for every production that happens in Marvel and so all the great success they've had I think is owed to him very much so next up at number 65 we have Aliens came out in 1986 it is an 8.3 on IMDb this is written and directed by James Cameron and story was also done by David Geiler this is the hotly anticipated sequel hotly. to Alien which is already on this list directed by Ridley Scott and this is ex- we love Aliens because it's arguably just as good as Alien. Like, how do you com- how do you make a movie that's just as good as that masterpiece? I think James Cameron did by going More in, guns. in a different direction. Rather than making it a great horror monster movie thriller, he goes horror action heavy thriller. So it's a different taste. It's a different palette when it goes down. When you're washing it down with a beverage. Better than Sprite. Aliens, it, it, is, it <laughs> tastes different than Alien despite the story being the same. I think that Cameron is like the king of sequels, and that's why I think Avatar 2 is going to be great, because this was great, Terminator 2 was great, and it was a sequel that nobody wanted, but didn't know they needed, because it's really terrific, and it's a masterpiece, I think it's up there with best action movies, and also with best horror movies, because there is a lot of great horror in this film, and I think... Cameron pulled off the nearly impossible can't wait for who Av- else pulled off the impossible we'll have to see on this list I can't wait for Avatar 2 I'm even... very excited you know we're getting a trailer soon right more blue we're getting a very new uh, trailer very soon I hope so yeah hope at the so. um there's like some new con some like cinema like, con CinemaCon? CinemaCon. they're gonna release it oh really yeah so then we'll get it the next day right yeah when is Cinemacon? I have no idea me either pretty soon though <laughs> pretty soon relatively soon <laughs> next up it probably would have already happened now yeah it's i loved the avatar 2 trailer yeah i loved it <laughs> <laughs> next up we have at number 66 american beauty which came out in 1999 has an 8.3 on imdb in this movie cleaned up house at the oscars including a screenplay for alan ball uh directing for sam mendez acting for kevin spacey acting for annette bedding and i think a couple others maybe thomas newman it's a really terrific dark comedy. Uh, the acting is some of the best on this list. It's really incredible, sensational acting. Annette and Kevin in particular. They're really stunning together. Uh, it's very funny. It has a tone that you had never seen before in the movies. And I think it has a lot in common with Fight Club in terms of the tone. This like rebellious oh, yeah. man-child who's middle-aged but is just like saying, F the world. I'm changing everything about my life. And I think that... A lot of people gravitated to those themes. Um, we still do, but I think that's why American Beauty and Fight Club coming out in 1999 in particular had those in common. It's a great movie. Number 67 is Dr. Strangelove or <laughs> How I Learned to Stop Worrying and to Love the Bomb, released in 1964, has an 8.3 on IMDb, written and directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on the book by Peter George called Red Alert. And this is one of Stanley's best films. In, it's a great satire on politicians and war in general. It's about these American generals and leaders, and it's it's strangely relevant today with the Soviet Union in terms of Russia, but the Soviet Union back in this film and how there's just like they're in this war room and there's uh, they're trying to prevent a nuclear war from happening. So it's like so weird how this is still like a mainstream topic in politics in our lives coming from freaking 60 years later down the line almost 58 years later it's strange and odd but production wise so well executed by stanley kubrick's brilliant mo- movie and peter sellers plays three roles brilliantly he's so funny in this movie he steals the show by far oh also CinemaCon was in april 2022 so it would have happened so we yeah, loved the we loved the avatar trailer loved it also it's coming very soon yeah i can't wait <laughs> well, six months okay next up <clears throat> we have at number 68 the Dark Knight Rises, which came out in 2012 and has an 8.3 Desi, rating. Desi, Basra, Basra, Desi, Desi, Basra, light it up. <laughs> you fight like a younger man. Peace has cost you your strength. <laughs> Crashing this plane. Victory has defeated you. Crashing this plane. They expect one of us to the wreckage, brother. We should just quote Bane all day. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it all night. Um, I love this movie. I think it's underrated because a lot of people say it sucks. and ruined the trilogy. I remember when it came out, people were like, "It ruined the trilogy." It was getting so much hate all over the place, and I was like, "Still gets hate." Yeah, but I, but it was even it was even more hated back then. But I I, th- I saw it. We saw it together, and I was like, "That was amazing." I thought it ended perfectly. I thought Nolan capped off his trilogy in grand fashion. Christian Bale solidified his status as my favorite Batman. Uh, Michael Caine had the emo- most emotional scene in any kind of Batman movie or probably any superhero movie that I've seen when he leaves and abandons um, Bruce to send a message. It's as powerful a moment as yeah. like Tony Stark snapping his fingers. Exactly. I cried during that moment. And then we get some great fights like Bane just destroying Batman, which we had never seen the hero get just beat to shit like that before in a big blockbuster studio superhero movie. It was like, whoa, it was so powerful. And then him rising up Bane, I think, was an excellent villain. It's hard to top G- um, jo- Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, but Tom Hardy pulled off a great feat of acting. I think he stole the show, the scenes that he was in. I love the movie. It's strange how divisive The Dark Knight Rises is between audiences. You know, it's still a very good movie, and it seems to be like something with Batman in general where... I think because Nolan achieved the pinnacle of cinema with The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, in my opinion, which is also a masterpiece. I'll get into that some other day. You keep saying <laughs> that. I want to hear this. Oh, I'll go off on it. I'll go off all day on <laughs> all that. All day. I think because Nolan set the bar so high with with his trilogy that, like, even when the Batman just came out, it's tearing people apart. Like, like, there's so much division over just just people like saying, no, it's the best Batman. No, it's the worst Batman. Benson's yeah, oh, yeah. not my Batman. Oh, he is my Batman. It's like either best or horrible. And then with, Bad, yeah. ben, with ben Affleck's Batman, it's like, why can't we all just have Bat- a bunch of Batmans that are all great and it's, it's like it, I mean I never read comics but I'm sure people like other comics other more than other comics yeah but so. it's, it's just so odd that this it's just really with Batman probably because there's so many iterations of it but like Star Wars too. <laughs> no but I mean just of one character okay, yeah. where people are so adamant about like having to have the best one or there's a best one and fighting over it and just like What's the big deal? Just enjoy the goddamn freaking movie. We're, we're so lucky to live in a world where we've had so many great Batman movies just this century. Can't we just appreciate them? And I wish people just let go of the hate and appreciated The Dark Knight Rises for the film it is. Yeah, I think that there's a difference between having favorite movies and then saying my movies are the f- are the best. The ones that I like are the best ones. And that's I think a lot of people go for the latter. Like, I know what the best one is. I'm right. You're wrong. You should wrong. see Twitter culture, man. With I don't want to look at it. Twitter movie culture, it's so toxic. I do not want to look really at is. it. really is. Because, you know, these... I run the Twitter. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> these are my favorites. And I made a video on TikTok saying that I think these ones are are my favorite. Are the best ones, in my opinion. And I got destroyed. And I was like, okay, whatever, bro. And I deleted the video. Um, So, I, I it is very toxic, especially towards these big superhero movies and batman in particular you're, you're right absolutely anyways we love the dark knight rises love moving it, on to number 69 it. 69 gronk's favorite number we have spider-man into the spider-verse released in 2018 this is an eh, 8.3 eh, eh. is that your post malone <laughs> <laughs> impression <Yeah. laughs> Ooh, hoo, hoo. <clears throat> voice crack like you in that uh it's 8.3 in imdb and this is miles morales's first film As Spider-Man becoming Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, one of the best animated films made this century for sure. It's absolutely incredible. Directed by Bob Paraschetti and Peter Ramsey and also Rodney Rothman written by Phil Lord and also how many people made Rodney this movie? Rothman well <laughs> 64 people made this movie but this is a great movie it's just cuz i think this movie really helped people understand the concept of the multiverse heading into the future of the current state of the MCU i think it was really beneficial for people to just get their head around it and just because it's a the main theme in a lot of films today i mean even Everything, everywhere, all at once, that's a multiverse movie. But I think the Spider-Verse was a great film for people to get their heads around that. The cast is absurd. We have Sh- Shameik Moore as Miles Morales, Jake Johnson, Mahershala Ali, Haley Steinfeld, and then uh, Chris Pine is also one of the spider man John Mulaney. But it's, it's so funny. The animation is so unique and absolutely terrific. And I love Miles Morales, and I can't wait to see the rest of the future of the Into the Spider-Verse. We have part one coming this year. Next up, at number 70, we have Joker. Three three superhero movies in a <laughs> row, <laughs> all right? It's at, came out in 2019. It has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. Todd Phillips wrote and directed this movie. And Joaquin Phoenix, as we all know, won the Best Leading Actor Oscar for his portrayal of Arthur Curry slash Joker. This movie, I think, is really great. But I'm going to be honest. When I was watching it for the first time, like an hour into it, I was like, I'm not really feeling this that much because it had gotten stellar reviews and tons of hype. And I was like watching this, I'm like, I I like it, but I mean, I don't, I don't see what all the, all the fuss is about. And then the third act happens and then he goes, then he becomes Joker. And I was like, Oh, this movie's crazy. Yeah. It's one of the best third acts I've seen in years. Yeah. It was an excellent third act. And then I was like, okay, I'm sold. This movie's awesome. I loved it. I was sold on the trailer and then I, I understand I feel like the vibe you're going for, but I think for me, it's not that I didn't like the first like hour. It's, just, it's Todd Phillips does such a great job making you feel uncomfortable because I think that's what he was trying to do with the character and what he wanted you to feel because he wanted to put you in his shoes and his life and everything that's going on with him. And Joaquin's performance is so brilliant that he could have been in... Any kind of environment, doing anything, but his his performance is so intriguing and excellent that you can't take your eyes off Joaquin Phoenix in this entire movie. It's one of those rare roles, rare performances. I think it might be the best in his career. Yeah, he proved himself to be one of the best actors alive with it. For real. I think he might go down to history as one of the best ever because of this, and he's got some other great movies, I'm sure. Coming out soon. Can't wait to see him in Disappointment Boulevard. Commodus. Commodus is all iconic. One of the best <laughs> villains ever. Moving on to number 71, we have... Old Boy, personal favorite of ours, coming out of South Korea, directed by Park Chan-wook. Coming out of South Korea, hot! (laughs) Coming out hot! Park Chan-wook is one of the best directors on the planet Earth today. I highly recommend going through his filmography. One of his most recent films, The Handmaiden, is one of the most mind-blowing movies I've seen in years. But Old Boy is in my top 25 personal favorite movies, and we love it. It's just a crazy crazy concept and idea of this guy who gets kidnapped randomly, he thinks, and he's trapped inside this room for 10 years, and then he gets let go randomly out of nowhere. No, 15 years, I'm sorry. He's in he's yeah. fi- prison for 15 yeah. years against his will in one room. He gets He gets released one day, and he has no idea why he was kidnapped. And his goal is to try to figure out who kidnapped him and why. And he feel, he finds out, he's discovering that he's part of some man's scheme. So It's a, a scheme for somebody who's like calling him and messing with him. And it's got one of the craziest, most disturbing twist endings in cinema history. It is a sensational film. They tried to remake it in Hollywood. Well, it's not that good. I think it's single digit on Rotten Tomatoes. It's that really? bad. But um, I highly recommend just sticking to the original. It's a masterpiece in every sense of the word. Next up... We have at number seventy-two, Braveheart, which came out in nineteen ninety-five. Has an eight point three on IMDb. This movie is just awesome. It's flat out just like violence and gore and violence and gore, but it has a lot of romance in it as well. Romance. Rom- <laughs> I was gonna say romanticism, but I didn't. I just said romance. <laughs> romance. Um, great filmmaking by mel gibson this the action sequences are very impressive because this is before cgi and he really filmed all this all these people were really there and because he was acting in it too he would drive an rv um like a four-wheeler and set up shots and be like driving our like say there's a giant battle sequence just Actors everywhere and crew everywhere. He would drive his four-wheeler over there and direct people, and then he'd drive his four-wheeler over there ev- over the, and direct people while he's wearing his kilt.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> then the, he'd and act. in
0: the makeup. Yeah, it's very impressive what he pulled off. And it is obviously not accurate historically. Uh, they obviously took a lot of liberties, but it's a very fun movie to watch but when it, you turn you know, your brain off. It is based off some a true story with Robert. Some major Bruce, events, And, yeah. you know, this movie, I think the – uh, the Outlaw King is a little more accurate portrayal of Robert the Bruce than this film but this movie's sensational and you know his character William Wallace is one of the most iconic in medieval cinema history and fictional history and I like that medieval cinema history you like that cuz this is it's a subgenre it is a subgenre it's not ancient yeah. history it's not colonial history it's medieval history it's medieval you know and it tells this amazing story you know Scotland and Ireland they were under the control of England and the UK for centuries yeah England tried to control everyone for a long time I mean that's what that's what the world was like until yeah. like 1920 it was like <laughs> everyone was just trying to get as much land and property yeah. as possible it was yeah. a, it was a sh- goddamn shit show of murder and death and horrific wars but now fortunately you know it's evened out a little bit but you know Braveheart's a classic we love it put this on anytime i watch it any day next up we have Amadeus. This came out in 1984. It is an 8.3 on IMDb. Very underrated movie. I feel like a lot, not a lot of people have seen this. It tells the story, obviously, of the young Wolfgang Amadeus and Mozart, the incredible composer, and his erratic behavior, his talents, is mostly take, pl- takes place in his youth. And we have an absolutely incredible performance by Tom Holtz, or is it Holche Hulse. I don't know. Tom Holtz, directed by Miles Foreman. Really, really great movie. Very funny as well. Director of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as well. Mm-hmm. And I like the portrayal of Mozart because he's very affable and ridiculous and all over the place and doesn't really seem to care about anything. But the story is told from the perspective of his rival who's super jealous and envious of him because of his talent. And it's funny because Mozart shows his how how superior he is in talent than him multiple times, like, there's a point where... So Mozart plays his rival's piece that the rival had written and performed months ago, and then the rival is like... He plays it, and then the rival's like, oh, I'm not that impressed, and then Mozart's like, well, I only heard it, like, two months ago. So he played <laughs> it from memory, from hearing it months ago, and then th- then that drives his rival crazy. It's, it's a yeah. great movie. It's very funny. I like the approach. I, I But I love movies about geniuses, whether they're biopics or not, like Hunting Hunting's one of those for sure, that I, I would say in Amadeus with Wolfgang. Wait, uh, I'm gonna just... Will Hunting wasn't real? <laughs> 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 but but I just love the, the characters that people come up with and, and possibly if it was real, you know, the silly portrayal of of Wolfgang running around, Mozart running around like he's supposed to be about to play his concert, and he's like de- he's running around with girls in the yeah. bedrooms and stuff and hiding, and he's being very silly because you can imagine he might have been like that in real life. I'm sure there are historical accounts of that because from a very young age, he was trained to just be one of the greatest pianists of all time, so I'm sure he never really fully grew up socially, you could say, immature like that but it's it's a really really fun terrific movie next up at number 74 we have toy story the original the og the one that started it all let's go which came out in 1995 and has an 8.3 in imdb you all know this movie
1: there's you, a, snake in, there's my a boots. snake in
0: my boots we have the great dynamic between these iconic duos but between this iconic duo of woody and buzz the first computer generated animated film that we had ever seen it looks crude now but when you and i saw it as kids and anyone else who's older listening it looked real to us you know what i mean the even though the visual effects were just like super cheesy looking now to us it was like wow it feels like these are real toys in front of us so it was just absolutely mind-blowing when we saw it for the first time plus extremely funny i love the characters super creative pixar showed how talented they were as a company and their creative outlet outlet and yeah toy story the legend look where pixar's at now it's absolutely insane what they've achieved and it's insane what a testament to that studio and thank god we could say steve jobs taking a chance to finance that studio to make those films early on and look at them now yeah and how about we uh take our intermission and and do some fun games and take a break because we're at 74 75 now so we're halfway all right let's head into the intermission sounds wonderful this episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at manscaped.com. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost to get 20% off your entire order today at manscaped.com, as well as free shipping worldwide. We've been telling you for like a year and a half about the Lawnmower 4.0 Groomer from Manscaped. If you don't have it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a game changer and, and you'll be able to join our club. You have to keep your composure. Keep your composure. Get your lawnmower 4.0. We'll do our, our we should do a monthly call. Everyone holds their 4.0 in their hands and we turn them <laughs> on at the same time. It's great. I also recommend getting their ultra premium Collection, which is the ultimate wet goods bundle. And includes deodorant. Yes, actual armpit deodorant from Manscaped, and it smells heavenly. Body wash, two in one shampoo conditioner. You know how much dudes love two-in-one stuff. Hydrating body spray as well as a set of manscaped lip balm which anthony can't stop using he uses them all day i love them He's i'm using, addicted to them <laughs> you're addicted to lip balm it's ridiculous so use our coupon code raiders of the lost at checkout from manscaped.com today you'll get 20 off and free shipping worldwide and you will also help keep the, keep the lights on for the show since we're talking about all of these amazing movies the best way to express your love for these movies is to buy yourself a bunch of movie posters or even buy Movie posters as a gift for a friend or loved one. And the best place to do that, of course, is at movieposters.com. Use our very special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. Movieposters.com has a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable. They have all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. Again, you know where to go. Movieposters.com, and you know the coupon code Raiders 10. Get that 10% discount. Take care, everyone. I don't know why I said take care. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Take care of her. (laughs) Take care. No, man. Like, take her out to a movie. (laughs) All right, let's begin our movie. Uh, our m- 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 movie. I have a speech impediment. <laughs> All right, how dare you? Uh, m- 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 move. You're my, you're my favorite. What's he saying? Tropic Thunder? I can't remember. <laughs> <You're> my- <laughs> I can't remember. <clears throat> now let's begin our intermission with the movie quotes competition, I will go first. I know I've made some very poor decisions recently, but I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission, and I want to help you. Oh, this sounds so familiar. Can you say it again? I know I've made some very poor decisions recently, but I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission. Hell. Hal. 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 9,000. Great pick. In two thousand in 2001 Space Odyssey. Great pick. Nice job, guy. Thanks, man. Uh, that was a pretty good robot voice. It was a good robot I was voice. It wasn't, you didn't overdo it. Yeah. 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 But it was, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Here's my quote. Me and this fat kid, we ran, we ate, and we read books, and it was the best. Say it again. Me and this fat kid, we ran, we ate, and we read books. It was the best. I don't know. Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, good one. It's a good one. All right, guess this movie release year. King Arthur. Which one? King Arthur. Not Legend of the Sword. Okay, thank you. So the Fuquan one? King Arthur. He just says the Fuqua one. There's a bunch of adaptations of King King Arthur. Directed by Anton Fuqua. You realize it wasn't the first movie of King Arthur, right? Directed by (laughs) Anton Fuqua. (laughs) Thank you, Robot James. King Arthur. (laughs) Processing. (laughs) 2004. Nice. Yes. Nailed it. Easy. (laughs) How about a hard one next time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got it, Chief. All right, now guess this movie release here. Jurassic Park. Uh, Is it the uh the original Jurassic Park? or? I mean, there's only been one Jurassic Park. Well, I mean... The... so your joke doesn't really make any sense at all. 1993. 1993. Been... Yeah, correct. Well, why don't you give me a hard one next time? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Boom roasted. <laughs> Boom roasted. <laughs> movie pop quiz time. Which musician did Aaron Taylor Johnson play in a film? John Lennon. Yes, sir. Give me a hard one. Can <laughs> <laughs> you name the film? <laughs> um, um, Lonely. Um, Nowhere Boy. The most loneliest day <laughs> of my, my life. life. Yes, Nowhere Boy. Nowhere Boy. He also, uh, that's where he and um, his wife met. She directed mm-hmm. the film. Sam Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. Guess this. I mean, here's my quiz. What famous TV show did Sam Neill have a supporting role in? Famous TV show, Sam Neill. Um, famous. It's not Jurassic Park, the TV series. <laughs> Is there <a> Jurassic Park <laughs> no, TV series? So. <laughs> let's see, it's not King Arthur. I'm making a straight. I'm gonna let's see. Not ER. I'm probably not Friends. Definitely not Friends. Probably not How I Met Your Mother. There's other shows than sitcoms. You know, <laughs> he's a respected actor. Not that. Not that actors on sitcoms aren't respected. Wow. Cancelled <laughs> who's I'm gonna take... at this. All right. Uh, everyone send your, uh, resi- <laughs> your, applications to in resumes to us, our email. I will be looking for new hosts because Anthony has been canceled. Apparently only people who a- act in dramatic roles are serious, super serious. Sorry. Sitcoms. Wow. Kevin James is just rolling over right now. How, how could you, he unsubscribed, he unsubscribed. All right. Um, TV show, Sam Neil, I have no idea. The Peaky Blinders. Oh my god! The Peaky god. fucking Blinders. I don't know blindness. why I was thinking network TV. I don't, I don't know why. Either. I was only well, thinking... It's, it's network, it's BBC. It's network TV. No, In I mean, the UK. But I mean, it's like in current streaming world. That's yeah. what I meant. I was thinking like network like. I don't know why you were. My brain you just were just. There. I said TV and you were all sitcoms. I don't know why. There's other I why shows either. you know. He's great in that. He's, ex- he's an excellent villain. Excellent job. Great Irish accent. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, on. Had, yeah, his Irish accent was solid. Yeah, he's from New Zealand, I believe, too. And then moving on to... Who do we got for haters? Any haters? We have a lot of unsubscribers right, today. cool. What do we got? We got this is great. There are some good ones. <clears throat> All right. If, uh, if Scotty Small's rainbow trout long-brimmed hat baseball hat from the Sandlot isn't on here... I'll oh unsubscribe from Football Trout 11. I totally forgot about that hat. I feel like I was like, there's got to be a baseball one I'm thinking of. Okay, then Des Neon advocating using trains to clear traffic. Unsubscribed. Because I talked about Inception, <laughs> Inception the, the train <laughs> going through LA. Also in that clip, so I showed all these behind-the-scenes photos of, of Chris Nolan using a real freight train. And yeah. they put it in the city. And some guy commented... I read that they it's just a truck that they disguise to look like a train. I'm like, Bro, it's a train. <laughs> I showed you a video and photos of it. It's a train. It's not a truck. I don't know how people like get these ideas in their heads. Also, TJ Rollins, who is a godfather to your patron, by the way, he said, I'm still not over you mention over you not mentioning that spirit soundtrack during your Hans Zimmer episode. Unsubscribe. Oh, that's right. That's Sorry. a good one. We totally forgot that one. And then uh, Preston Gear, did Anthony say First Man is a great sci-fi film? It's a true story about <laughs> Neil Armstrong unsubscribed. Yeah, he got you there, man. Yeah, it's, Boom a, roasted. it's a sci-nonfiction, I guess, if you if you want to be uh, specific. But yeah, he totally got me. And that's it. There are funny ones this week. And today's Godfather Patreon shout-out for this episode is Jesse... Harsh. Jesse, thank you so much for being a Godfather patron. It means the world to us that you're loving the show so much that you're willing to support us. It is amazing to have fans like you who interact with us on social media, who tune into our shows regularly. It's so awesome. And you have selected a great film for your bonus review It's Glory, starring Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, and Denzel Washington. An excellent war film. James and I can't wait to review that for you, Jesse. Thank you once again for being a Godfather patron. We can't tell you how much it means to us. Thank you. And we have an excellent five-star review from MCAPs302. He says, screw that one-star review guy. (laughs) Love the content, guys. Best place for movie news and reviews. Thanks so much, pal. Oh, thanks so much. On this day in film history, today is June 2nd. In 1989, Dead Poets Society is premiered premieres 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 (laughs) that's not grammatically correct uh 1994 indonesian censors banned steven spielberg's schindler's list in 2000 big mama's house is released in 2002 the wire starring idris elba debuts on hbo in 2006 the breakup is released in 2017 wonder woman is released and happy birthday to dana carvey zachary quinto dominic cooper justin long and aquafina Right, so I was going to say, just a bunch of white guys. Huh? <laughs> a bunch of white d- <laughs> <laughs> do it. So I, don't, I don't decide when people are born. Okay, James. <laughs> Canceled! <laughs> <laughs> My streaming recommendation for this week is... <laughs> I was like, Whoo. thank <laughs> God Aquafina was born that day. <laughs> <laughs> Aquafina! Thank you. <laughs> Save the date. Born Ultimatum on netflix i just recently watched the trilogy and it still holds up it's amazing it's one of my favorite franchises we're gonna have to do the born franchise eventually sometimes we adore those movies man i've seen those movies yeah way too many we grew times. up on those we know them like the back the, of our hand so the born movies they were kind of like yeah, our I know Mar- the back of my hand pretty yeah, well yeah i guess they, they were kind of <laughs> like our marvel movies because we watched them a lot and they were like the biggest um coolest action movies of their day And now I sound old, (laughs) but I love them. It's Born Ultimatum is a perfect action movie. My streaming recommendation is on Hulu, and it is the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, the last film that Heath Ledger filmed and was in upon release. Terry Gilliam. Steve. He's he's the director. He's the director. I thought we were just saying random names. (laughs) Steve's a pirate. Scuba Steve. I know he's. I know he directed it. (laughs) I know he's a director. Did Twelve Monkeys? Yeah. All right. um, Let's move back into our episode on IMDb's 51 to 100 user ratings films, and we left off at number 75, which is The Boot or Das Boot if you're a German. This came out in 1981. It is an 8.3 on IMDb. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, also wrote it. And this is arguably maybe the best submarine time uh, war film between this and Crimson Tide. It's hard to choose. I love a good submarine movie. Catherine Bigelow made a good one too. If it's done right. And I love Das Boot because it really encapsulates that claustrophobic feel of being in a submarine as well as... The tedious nature of it, you know, you, you there's not where anywhere to go really and you're just kinda stuck to doing it. Everyone their job. has their job. Everyone yeah. has their job, and aside from that, you really can't do anything, you can barely walk around. Also the, the dirt and grime and filth that gathers up from all of these soldiers and and, and Marines. I mean not Marines in, in Navy arms people living together for so long. Maybe arms people. I don't know what I'm saying. And then also the terror of being on a submarine in, in a battle. They're not on a boat. They're on a submarine. I guess. Are sailors on submarines? Can someone fact check this? But also the the, the, the sheer terror of being in a submarine. The sheer terror. And you're, you know, you're helpless yeah. if a missile hits you. If a missile's coming to hit you, you, don't, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. You can't see anything. And if if you get hit, you're, you guys are dead. Like you're at the bottom of the ocean. Then you're not going to survive. Or you're deep. Deep yeah. In the ocean. It's an epic. It's over 3 hours and if you go to film school you're definitely going to watch this and learn about it. It's one of those movies that you every film class teaches you. <clears throat> Next up at number 76 we have Coco, which came out in 2017 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. And this is one of my favorite Pixar movies. I think it's really sensational. I love the animation. It's so vibrant and creative. Yeah, I think it might be one of my favorite animations yeah. for, animation for yeah. Pixar. It's beautiful. I love the whole Day of the Dead vibe. I love going into the other realm where the dead have their, their own reality now. I think it's a beautiful story. It's great characters, great music, uh, all around unbelievable. I think that Pixar just... I don't know how they keep this, like, they just keep making great movies. I don't know how they do it. Really great filmmakers and writers. They don't, they don't have anything that's, like, really a dud. And I think Coco was a really special addition to their list. I saw this really funny meme the other day where it's a meme and it's, um what Disney villains used to be like, and it's like actually yeah. Satan. And it's from uh, which which uh, Disney movie? I can't remember the giant blue Satan. And then it's what Disney movie villains are like now. It's just like an old grandma. An abo- yeah, the grandma a, an from Yeah, It's so funny. <laughs> old Disney villains. They're versus- getting very nuanced and complex. For real. Yeah. Moving on to number 77, a film we've actually brought up in this episode, Inglourious Bastards, came out in 2009. It is an 8.3 on IMDb, written and directed by the great Quentin Tarantino, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Inglourious Bastards is Tarantino having fun, playing with history, rewriting history. It's a sensational script, how he lost to Up in the Air. I don't know. We'll never you still, know. You still not I agree. will never let that go. I'm sure Tarantino never let that go. Oh yeah, I'll never he let never that go. go. I was. I'm still upset about that. Freaking 13 years later. Anyways, I digress. It is an absolutely brilliant film. The cast is absurd. Some of the best acting you'll ever see. Christoph Waltz steals every scene he's in. It's one of the best villains we'll ever see in cinema. As Hans Landa, we've done a review on this, an episode on it. It is one of our favorite Tarantino movies. I think it's top three in his filmography for sure, script-wise for sure, directing. It might be his best directed movie. It's up there. He, it's such a well-made movie, and I just love every minute of this film. Each and every one of you owes me 100 Nazi scalps. Vangiorno. And I want my scalps. I love this movie. It's great. Actually, Don, uh, me and Donnie speak a little ta- Italian. Gorlami. Gorlami. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> I don't speak Italian. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Italian. Donnie. <laughs> Keep your fucking mouth shut. Why don't you start right now? <laughs> so funny, too. So Tarantino, he actually had a diff- He had a draft written, and then when he saw There Will Be Blood, it. Is- he he watched, because uh, he and PTA are-, are close friends, after he saw There Will Be Blood, he was like, oh, Paul made this. I need to up my game. And So then he took Inglourious Bastards a lot more seriously and tried to write the best thing he ever wrote. You can see it like a probably an early draft of maybe more of like a Jackie Brown kind of movie or something like that. That's what he was originally going for a little looser and more funny. But then when he saw the masterpiece of There Will Be Blood, he's like, I need to actually try and make a great film to top what PTA did. So you can thank Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood for Inglarious Bastards being so iconic. Thanks, Paul. Next up, we have Princess Mononoke, which came out in 1997, has an 8.3 rating on IMDb and is one of the quintessential Studio Ghibli films, fantastical, magical, beautiful animation, memorable characters, uh, amazing story, beautiful music, and the master at work doing what he does best. And then we have Once Upon a Time in America. This came out in 1984, has an IMDb rating of 8.3, directed by Sergio Leone himself, starring... Starring Robert De Niro, James Woods, Elizabeth Montgomery. Exceptional cast, great acting, great script. It's a Prohibition era film, gangster film. You know, uh, this Jewish gangster returns to uh, Manhattan many years later. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Lower, Brooklyn. E- Lower East Side of Manhattan in Brooklyn. Yeah. And confront the ghosts and regrets of his past. It's an exceptional movie. Brilliant production. Everything. Next up at number eighty. We have Avengers Endgame, Endgame. which has an 8.3 IMDb rating, and it came out in 2019. I think that the Russo brothers did a sensational job of capping off the entire Avengers uh, Infinity War saga. It's, uh, it's not as strong as Infinity War, but I think that just pulling off, like, having all these threads, all these storylines, all these characters, and having it all culminate in one moment, and to have the moment re- really work, it was just... Really impressive, and very few people could have pulled it off like they did it. I think it's a really fun superhero film. Everyone listening is like they were both going in different rhythms. Anyways, moving on to number 81 on the list, we have Goodwill Hunting. This came out in 1997, directed by Gus Van Sant, written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who won the Oscar for best original screenplay, sharing that award, that prestigious honor. These two dudes from freaking Boston kid writing the screenplay, making it in Hollywood, becoming legends. They are both iconic now, but this is one of our favorite movies. It's an incredible film. We talked about it. We actually brought up earlier about this it's a great, great episode. Genius living in selfie. Oh boy, genius living in selfie. Like who would have thought? And um, it's, it's such a sensational script, an amazing story, great idea and concept, very emotional, very dramatic. But just so well acted, so well written. Every word of dialogue is perfect in this movie, and it's a personal favorite of ours and probably the best movie coming out, of based in, Bo- set in Boston. Next up, at number 82, we have Requiem for a Dream, which came out in 2000 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. This is Darren Aronofsky's big breakout hit. It is an absolute mind F. It's crazy, it's disturbing. It's rem- memorable. It's got uh, a thread of several storylines. It has a lot to do with uh, mental illness and addiction. And it also stars Morbius himself. Before he was Morbius. Before he sold a trillion tickets to the movie theaters. he <laughs> <laughs> was in Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> and Counting. <laughs> Two trillion tickets sold. <laughs> it's a great movie. Moving on to number 83. We are back with animation and Pixar with Toy Story 3. came out in 2010. as an 8.3 directed by Lee Unkrich. And this is – it's it's Toy Story. It's great. This one's a lot of fun. The toys it's are – It's Toy Story. They're mistake, they're, it's Toy Story. They're mistakenly <laughs> de- delivered to a daycare center. Um, Better – I think that's the best villain of Toy yeah, Story. Instead of the attic where they were supposed to be when Andy's growing up. He's going to college mm-hmm. now. And Woody's trying to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned. It was an accident. And they have to get home. They have to get back to Andy. And they have to be re- reunited with him at some point. Yeah, Andy definitely can't have any uh, any girls over if he's got toys on his back. But yeah, the, the gang's back. We have some great new characters. It's a lot of fun. It's absolutely hysterical. Jesse's back. And it's yeah. just it's, it's amazing. And I think Lotso is the best villain they have in the Toy Story franchise. And I love Michael Keaton as Ken, too. He's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Next up at number 84, we have the classic musical singing in the rain which came out in 1952 Wow it's older it's old and it, and it has an 8.3 rating on IMDB this is a magical film it's got some of the most memorable tunes ever crafted as well as some great choreography cinematography a lot of great long takes uh, the production all around is just stand out like top notch uh, it's one of the best musicals for a reason uh, we all love this we, you've all seen it Next up we have an anime film your name. Uh, recent brilliant film in the genre that came out in 2016, directed by Makoto Shinkai, and we actually talked about this in our anime episode. It is a really beautiful, interesting, unique story about these two characters who are linked through time and different time periods, but they're able to communicate and then they soon, you know, figure out a way to be connected, and they start up a catastrophe from happening in their hometown. And it's it's a really sensational, beautiful story, terrific anime animation, and I think it's just one of the best, most best recent anime films made in the last two years, two decades for sure. It's like if Chris Nolan made an anime. Basically, he saw the movie. He's like, shit, I could have made that. they' <laughs> 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 copying me, man. <laughs> Next up at number eighty-six, we have Star Wars Episode Six. Return of the Jedi, which a favorite of mine, which came out in 1983 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. This is the epic conclusion to the amazing trilogy. I love this one. It could be my favorite. I thought a uh, new. I mean, uh, Empire, Empire was your favorite. Empire is probably my favorite. I don't know. It's you hard. just love Yoda. I love Yoda. I do love Yoda, but I think that the final confrontation between Luke and Vader is great, and Palpatine. An amazing conclusion. Um, the ewoks are super cute. Uh, I think that it's just all around a very tightly knit, well crafted, well written story. And it's it's hard to it's hard what they pulled off. I think it's even more impressive than like Avengers just because of how big this was back then, how big Star Wars was until this is the final one, we have to do a good job and, and technology of the time. And exactly. Everything. So I think it's extremely incredible what George Lucas and company pulled off with this movie. Next up we have Spider-Man No Way Home at number 87. The most recent film to be added to this list of the top 100 for sure. It's an 8.3 on IMDb. And this movie was absolutely mind-blowing. We got the three Spider-Man in the same movie at the same time. We did an entire episode on this. You all saw it. It made uh, almost $2 billion at the global box office post-COVID pandemic, which is absolutely absurd. Everybody and their mother saw this movie. That one dude saw it like 200 times. 292 times. times. 292 times. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. I saw it three times, and I'm like, I thought that was enough. (laughs) I saw it once, and I was like, okay, I'm cool. I love this movie. It's it's absolutely incredible what they pulled off. And just the sheer magnitude and mysticism of having three Spider-Men in one goddamn movie was just, I could watch that for 10 hours. I'm not even kidding. I wish there was more of that. And maybe we'll get it again. Who knows? But it was just so fun. Can't believe they did it. It was a lot of fun for sure. Next up at number 89. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. 88. Next up at 88, we have Three Idiots, which came out in 2009 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. I am not going to lie. I've never seen this movie. I have not either. It's It's a Bollywood film about three young men in college who look back upon... Their deceased friend who inspired them to think differently and to be unique and apparently it's super super supposed to be super funny heartwarming and endearing so i think i'm going to add it to my list it sounds like really good time added it's got a lot of great reviews number so, a- three idiots i like it number 89 we have 2001 a space odyssey which was released in 1968 yet another stanley kubrick film has an IMDb of 8.3. I personally put this number 1 on my greatest movies oh, yeah. of all you time put it on list. One. I think it's number 1, the greatest respect. movie ever made. It's an absolute masterpiece. It's incredible. It's, you know, what he achieved in 1968 is just mind-blowing. You know, with the technology they had at the time, there wouldn't be like a Star Wars without Stan- two thousand one uh, Space Odyssey. <clears throat> excuse me. Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey. And what he did Is still being talked about, analyzed. (laughs) You, John Doe. (laughs) (laughs) John Doe in the back of the car. (laughs) What I, what I'm doing will be thought, will be puzzled over, studied, analyzed. (laughs) Analyzed. (laughs) Just a freak with a library card. (laughs) Become (laughs) rat. But what I'm saying is 2001 Space Odyssey is still being analyzed and thought about and talked about today. Why are you laughing? I'm just it's it's that good. Scene. Sick reference, I'm bro. Sorry. Your references are out of <laughs> control. Everybody knows that. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey. We did an entire episode on it, not just the great technology and and execution of Stanley Kubrick, but the great concepts of what is life, where do we come from, is there another evolution post-human? Do we have something else that we're aspiring to be or something else that will become that is greater than what we are now? Love it. Every minute of this movie is just genius. Yeah, 100%. Next up, at number 90, we have Reservoir Dogs, which came out in 1992. And has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. One of the best debuts of all time from the great Quentin Tarantino. An amazing script, some of the best razor sharp dialogue we had seen up to that point. An extremely original style of writing, and I just think this movie is firing on all cylinders, as I like to say. <laughs> I love the eclectic, bouncing story. And when we saw this as kids, it blew our minds. And we were we were we watched this movie when we were way too young, but. Did- did we you, ended up okay. Did you like when I added uh, all your slogans in yeah, your yeah. roast? Yeah, in my roast. Work. The, 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 the episode I impersonated you Anthony. You skipped. You missed one. A big one. Which one? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I say you know what I mean all the time. That's true, I guess. But when I did my Airbud review impersonating yeah. Anthony, I got in firing all on all cylinders <laughs> yeah. and knocked it out of the park for yeah. sure. Yeah. Next up, at number 91, we have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minds. came out in 2004. 8.3 on IMDb. Written by Charlie Kaufman. Directed by Michael Gondry. Jim Carrey is absolutely stellar in this role. How he didn't get nominated or win every award is beyond me. Kate Winslet Winslet is also sensational. Great cast all around. Really interesting, intriguing concept about the ability to cancel memories and erase memories from your mind, and how it's used by people to erase memories of people that they either you know they in this situation broke up with and they want to forget about them. They don't want they want to get over their depression and their hurt feelings. And it tells a story about a character who's in the middle of that process but then is regretting it and wants to stop it from happening. And it's it's such a great idea. And Charlie Kaufman, he just comes up with brilliant concepts for films that are usually are like dealing with like reality and what's going so on I inside your head. So I got to fact check you. Sorry, I got to fact check you. What did I get wrong? He didn't come up with the idea. He So Michael Gondry's friend came up with the idea and then Michael Gondry hired Charlie Kaufman to write it. Oh, Pierre Bismuth. Yeah, he came up with the idea, not the story. So all three are Co- credited with the yeah. story. Kaufman, uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote the script, but that guy came up with like the original seed of the idea. Fact check, true. Fact check, true. It's but, a great movie. But he's a great writer. He's an amazing writer. Great. It does, it's one of the best screenplays of the, of the century. Next up, we have at number 92, High and Low, which came out in 1963. It's at number 92 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. This is a Kurosawa film, a Japanese film, and it's about a kidnapping plot. However, the kidnappers kidnap the wrong person. It's supposed to be the son of a successful businessman, but they accidentally kidnap his chauffeur's son, and the businessman ends up going along with the plot to save the boy, but also he really needs his money for an important business deal. It's a great drama. At number 93, we have Citizen Kane, released in 1941, 8.3 on IMDb. Arguably the greatest, arguably the greatest debut from a filmmaker of all time, from Orson Welles, who plays the title character of Kane, and some of the best filmmaking you'll ever see. He was really pushing the boundaries. This is a very innovative film. Follows the death of a publishing tycoon, Charles Foster Kane. As reporters un- scramble to uncover the meaning of his final utterance, "Rosebud," what does it mean? Rosebud. What does it mean? We all know. I won't spoil it if you don't. If you've never seen it before, but you know it's a very significant part of the film. Next up at number ninety-four, we have Capernaum, which is a Lebanese film. Came out in twenty eighteen. It has an eight point three rating on IMDb and is at number ninety-four on this list. This is actually one of the most recent of re- recent films of this list. It's a uh, family drama about a boy who commits a violent act and he is imprisoned for it. However, he sues his parents uh, as a way of saying that it's their fault for even allowing me to be born in, these, in this terrible environment which created me. And it's a very interesting, deeply moving family drama. Alright, the next is one of your personal favorites. Why don't you do it? I'll skip. You can go for it. Thanks, man. Next up, I love this movie. At number 95 is David Lean's masterpiece, Lawrence of Arabia. He's holding his chest right now. He's, 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 <laughs> he's, 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 just, he's just so smart. Man. I love, love love Lawrence of Arabia. It came out in 1962. It has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. Lawrence that of Arabia. A, and I want to make sure we got it out clearly. Good. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> it, 8.3 is way too low of a rating for this. This is a cinematic marvelous. One of the greatest films ever made. Uh, the epic scope, size, scale, and incredible filmmaking craft in this movie is second to none it's all in camera they really went to these locations they captured a mirage they captured a friggin mirage on film david lean is uh one of the greatest uh uk directors of all time he could be the greatest british director ever and uh, peter o'toole as lawrence it's a real true story it's an amazing story that's so hard to believe that it is true um it's incredible it's got violence great drama great stakes incredible characters uh, beautiful music, and cinematography is some of the best ever done. Uh, I couldn't recommend it enough. If you have not seen this movie, I highly recommend you add it to your watch list. Now, finishing up now, we're at number 96. We have the film M. This came out in 1931, 8.3 on IMDb. Another Fritz Lang film. you remember him from last episode. He made Metropolis. This is a silent film. It came out in 1931. It's about um, a child murderer murderer who's on the loose and criminals and police in Germany are trying to find them it's actually pretty similar to a recent novel that came out from Germany and also a movie that was made called child 44 that's about with a child. Tom Hardy with Tom Hardy the movie's not so great but the book's actually really excellent but this is Fritz Lang one of the greatest directors in cinema history making this great mystery this great thriller if you're a fan of silent film I definitely check it recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it yet next up we have at number 97 Alfred Hitchcock's classic North by Northwest, which came out in 1959 and has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. Classic case of mistaken identity leads into this epic thriller, chase, espionage, uh, national globe-trotting adventure. I love this movie. It's got one of the, the best scores of all time by Bernard Herrmann. Some amazing sets and sequences, including the famous airplane sequence as well as the Mount Rushmore sequence. Uh, This is Alfred Hitchcock doing what he does best. Uh, You can see that he inspired a filmmaker like Chris Nolan in terms of the scope and espionage nature of the filmmaking. That's why I think Chris Nolan is the modern day version of Hitchcock. I adore this film. It's unbelievable. Check it out. Moving on to number 98, The Hunt. I'm so glad this made top 100. This is an incredible movie. You showed this to me years ago. You know, obviously, like you did with a lot of international film. and it blew my mind. you know, it stars Maz Mickelson as this kindergarten teacher who one of his students has, you know, uh, a vivid imagination and concocts this lie that starts to tear his life apart and separate and maybe the community turning against him and everything. And it's just a great mystery, has a really, really great twist. I don't want to reveal. But it's really a sensational performance from Maz Mikkelsen. He should have probably won an Oscar. He's even been nominated. He's really incredible. Yeah. It's, it might be his best role. And the guy's been in a lot of awesome movies. And this is from his country, uh, Norway, Danish. right? Danish. Uh, it's a Danish film. Yeah. And his most recent film from there is Another Round. That was a really great Same film. Same director. Same director. Yeah. But um, this is a great, great movie. Highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. Next up, at number 99, I get all the Hitchcock ones today. I, know, I love not, it. Damn. <laughs> we get Vertigo. I should have switched with you. <laughs> Which, yeah, you right. Which came out in 1958, has an 8.2 rating on IMDb. This stars Jeremy Stewart. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jeremy Stewart. And uh, Grace Kelly. Ah, I mean, no, Robert not Stewart. Grace Kelly. I'm sorry. What's? I, I'm sorry. I forget her name. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, Need some help there? I'm fine. It's an excellent story set in San Francisco. Kim and, Novak. Yes, thank you. Uh, about this private investigator investigating this strange occurrence of a woman who seems to be the exact look and persona of a woman who he fell in love with with who passed away, and it's this great mystery full of twists and turns, incredible filmmaking, creative cinematography, another excellent score from Herman, and then Hitchcock just crafting yet another masterpiece. He made a ton of movies. And uh, uh, very few filmmakers have made some of the best movies of all time. He's up there on that list where he's made some of the best movies ever, and this is one of them. Actually, I'm not mad about switching because number 100 is a film I adore, Amelie. This came out in 2001, has an 8.2 on IMDb, directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, starring Audrey Tautou. This is a brilliant romantic film. It's very quirky and funny, beautiful cinematography and coloring. It's a very vibrant film and just uniquely made but the character of amelie is just really incredible and you know this is a very feel-good movie she discovers intense love in this film and also helps people along the way around her in her life and really it's, it's it's very beautiful love the music love the characters love the execution by the director and it's just a really terrific international film if you haven't seen amelie you gotta put it on the list it's a great date night movie i think it's, yeah, it's, it's up pick. there it's a great pick. um it's just incredible i love it it's a it makes me feel so happy and warm inside every time i watch she's it. she's extremely charming it's one of those yeah. roles where it's like you could never ever picture no another human being yeah. playing this role she's so perfect and it's. it was yeah. like the movie was made for her to be in yeah exactly yeah so well crafted all right that wraps our imdb wow. Movies 51 to 100 on the user rating list. That was a lot of fun. I wonder, let us know if you guys want us to go keep going and do like 100 to 200. That'd be a lot of fun because 100 to 200 has a lot of really good movies on there. I think we might have to continue. I think it's possible. But thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Be sure to use our coupon codes. Go to become a patron at slash Raiders Lost Podcast. And that's how we keep the lights on for the show. We will be back from Italia soon. Sorry, we haven't had time to do. Obi-Wan, we haven't had time to do Stranger Things because we're eating pasta and getting fat oh, yeah. and having a blast and drinking vino everywhere. And, so much vino. But as soon as we get back, I promise we'll be doing all the recent stuff that, that's that been coming out, Top Gun, Stranger Things, Obi-Wan, we'll get on it. We promise. Thanks so much for your patience and for tuning in. Crashing this plane. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast has been executive produced through Patreon thanks to Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John Agratz, and Lawrence Smertz. Thank you to our producers. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you're new. Hit the like button, leave a comment. Find us on all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to check out one of these other videos right here for more content on our favorite films and breaking down all kinds of movie content. Thanks so much.